When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Certainly the headline in the last 24 hours in the world of sport has been the injury to Rafa Nadal. Unfortunately, he did make his way out to Australia to try and get himself ready for the Australian Open. But after an injury setback in Brisbane, he's uh, heading back home. So we won't see him here in Melbourne from Sunday. And to, to talk about all of that is Brett Phillips, who is the busiest man officially in the world over <laughs> the next two weeks uh, to talk about not only Rafa, but all the scores from the last 24 hours. Brett, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Dan. How are you going, guys? On a beautiful day in Melbourne. Yeah, Family beautiful. One ball hit at Australian Open qualifying today. Play abandoned and those hungry 256 competitors who want to get into the main draw are going to have to have a, another night at the hotel. And uh, yeah, it looks, it, looks, it looks better for the rest of the week. Yeah. Now, before we get to, to Rafa, which obviously is the, the headline act, I wanted to talk about the qualifying because there are a few people that are a bit upset about a couple of things with qualifying. The fact that John Millman is having to qualify and not get a wild card for his last Australian Open and also Roddy Nova, who um, is maybe our highest ranked Australian player or close to it, and um, she can't get a wild card either. Can you tell us exactly what the situation is with those two? Because we're getting a fair bit of correspondence about that. Yeah, look, I know there's a lot of sentiment, particularly towards uh, John, and he's been one of my favourites. Uh, Adam is a tennis broadcaster, the cover, you know, got to know him. You can message him direct. He's never had a manager or an agent you've got to go through. You can just, he's a ripper, and he'll have a career in the media and in tennis. And, um, you know, he has just been an absolute warrior, hasn't he? He could write the best book about his life in tennis, from earning $130 in a tournament to beating Roger Federer at the US Open. So that's a great story. Um, look, I mean, my thought around the whole wild cards, I've said it for a little while. I, I just, you know, I, it's a hot topic of discussion every year. I, I don't like them. I think you earn your spot into a major, to be perfectly honest. And John has played next to no tennis in the last 12 months. And it, to be honest, it wouldn't have surprised me if he had gone to Tennis Australia and said, hey, listen, give it to the young kids. Give it to the up-and-comers who are aspiring. I've been there. I've done that. Um, I think that's the sort of guy that John is. Um, but he's, what, 207. He's hardly played. Um, and, you know, I just don't think you just hand out a wild card to a guy who has been a great warrior but hasn't necessarily achieved astronomical things in the sport. I mean, you know, he hasn't won a major. He hasn't gone deep into a major. So I think that's fair. And in Roddy and Nova's case... Um, look, it's not the first time that she's been disgruntled, Arena, uh, but no, she's 34 years of age and she's, no, 34 years of age and she's never been inside the top 100. So if you're sitting there as the decision makers, what do you reward? Do you reward just one season where she's come back and, you know, obviously elevated her ranking by 200 spots in a bit of a, you know, a, a transformation that we didn't see coming? Or do you say, no, look, let's give it to the um, the younger players to give them a taste of Grand Slam tennis, which could be great for their development because we are a Grand Slam nation and we've got the discretion to do that. So I'm in favour of uh, the if we have to make that call and you know nothing's going to change in tennis in that regard probably, I wouldn't have wild cards at all. 
uh, unless you're a former Grand Slam champion or a player that's achieved astronomical things and you've been out injured. Uh, but I think you give it to the youngsters, to be totally honest. Yeah, and I think the general consensus would agree with you on that, uh, BP, that that's the way to go. Now, the question we want to ask is about Rafael Nadal, who's pulled out of the Australian Open. My question, BP, is where does this leave Rafa in the future and also his future here in Australia? Well, I think now we just hope he can at least play one more French Open. If it's only going to be one tournament, uh, that that that's where he has to at least play again and, and try and go as deep as he can. Look, I, I don't think this is a 12-month um, setback, uh, but it, obviously he knows his body better than anyone. Uh, get back to Spain, see his local doctor, have a look. You know, he's had this issue with the hip flexor, abdominal issue for quite some time. And look, he was pushed to the limits, obviously, in that match with Jordan Thompson. Not ideal at his third match back because he'd played some great tennis uh, last week. It was a bit of vintage in the Dale. Uh, but Tomo um, yeah, absolutely took him to the ringer and you know won that in three, three and a half hours. And it's just um, affected his, um, you know, obviously his mind to, you know, to want to contemplate going out and playing best of five Grand Slam tennis. So, you know, from what we're hearing, it might need maybe another couple of months just to let it heal and, and speak to his doctor uh, and then, you know, try and maybe get ready for the clay court season. That, that's where we want him to have you know, one last hurrah, if you like. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that's where he's dominated for such a long time. We've seen Roger obviously go to Wimbledon a little bit longer than the other tournaments. Uh, I want to get on to the Australian tournaments that are underway at the moment. So the Hobart International and the Adelaide International here, mm-hmm. just down the road from where I am in the studio. Tanasi yeah. Kokonakis plays tonight. What What do you think of his chances in, first of all, I guess, the Adelaide International and then the Australian Open? Yeah, yeah look, he does play uh, tonight. I, He's a fascinating um, one to look at, Tanasi, because he's ranking City at 68. Is he a top 50 player, you know, for all his talent? He should be. 27, maybe the best tennis is ahead, I don't know. I mean, he won the tournament on home soil two years ago, as you know, Dan. And, you know, I've never heard a bigger roar come out of that beautiful uh, memorial drive that's been revamped. Um, you know, it looks fantastic, the facility. So let's hope he can be inspired, because he often needs a bit of a... You know, a kickstart. It doesn't. It doesn't come naturally within uh, to bring it week in, week out. He needs that crowd to feed off and to get him going. Uh, but it's been a fascinating day in Adelaide because it's been the day of the lucky losers and the qualifiers winning. And this is what happens in the week leading up to a slam. You know, there are players who think, "Oh, I'm not quite 100%. I don't want to risk any injury," so they pull out. I always feel for the tournament leading into a Grand Slam. We saw it with Sydney, you know, for so many years, but. Yeah, obviously, from an Australian perspective, we've got a few men. Popperin did pull out today, but I think, you know, Ricky Hitchcock in the draw. Um, uh, Chris O'Connell is in the draw. James McCabe is coming as a lucky loser late. And young Taylor Preston, you know, for the people of Adelaide, get along and see this young girl, wild card. If we are looking for a bright spark on the women's side, uh, gee, she's got some Ash Barty qualities. Let me tell you about her. She's, what, 200 in the world at uh, 17 and tracking beautifully. And yeah, let's hope she gets on uh, centre court in Adelaide this week. And Darius Seville's playing in Adelaide Hobart uh, tonight, where it actually didn't rain today, which is quite extraordinary. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> they got they got a full day play in it, and the night looks pretty good too. Um, so I know, I know we're going to talk to you throughout the course of the the week in the build up to the Australian Open, but what what do we make of this of this format this time of year? I was not critical, but we were talking about it last week about how. We've got to be a bit careful not to read too much into it, particularly from a 
an Australian point of view because it is a bit of Wizard Cup sort of, Ansett Cup sort of feel to it, a little bit, um, yep. to some players. Yep. Whereas to other players, it means the world to them because this is the, the month where the Australian players can put on a show at home. So it's, it's hard to sort of read too much into it, but you also want to get excited for them because they're doing it on their home stage. What do you make of the lead up to an Australian Open? Well, I, I suppose that question is, you know, the, the focus is in and around what Demonor has achieved, uh, Adam, and, you know, is he a legitimate top 10 player? Has he beaten these guys when they're cherry ripe? And I think, you know, Alexander Zverev played a great United Cup. That was a classic match for Demonor. Djokovic, yeah, I don't think was going at absolute 100% rap power. And Taylor Fritz, you know, is a player that Demonor can certainly beat um, in and around his ranking. Uh, but I think Alex you know, can definitely be a permanent top 10 uh, player, uh, not just sort of float in momentarily and dip back out and never return. You know, I think now that he's worked so hard to get to that spot, you know, I think he can really um, consolidate between five and 10 uh, in 2024. So I think his form is real. I think what we're seeing is a great level of tennis and, you know, not many people have rated him or wanted to talk about him. They all want to talk about Nick Kyrgios and uh, the man who never plays. <laughs> this guy plays all the time. And I think the, as a country, we've got to get behind him. He's a good young lad and he plays, um, you know, just a dynamic brand of tennis for whatever he hasn't got. We've got to celebrate what he has got. And that's just the heart, the wheels, great skill. And uh, he's got, a, you know, his personality is shining as well. So I think his form is is real what he's actually done uh, in January so far. But yeah, I mean, for the, be for the best players, the whole focus is the AO. They're not concerned about winning Brisbane or Adelaide, but for others uh, to win a tour event, and we saw it with Grigor Dimitrov uh, last night, he's achieved great things in the sport, but it had been seven years since he'd won a title for all his talents. So it actually meant a lot for him to win in Brisbane uh, last night. I can't think of an athlete across any sport like Alex Dimonor, where he is in the top 10 in the world in, in a sport that's played in every country. And it's been such a long time since we've had a, a male player inside the top 10. Yet, if Alex Dimonor walked down the middle of the yeah. shopping centre in Chadston in his tennis gear, most people <laughs> wouldn't even know who he was. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it kind of, he's this guy that floats under the radar, but has all the champion attributes, all the characteristics that Australians love in an athlete. But for whatever reason, he doesn't get the attention. And I, I don't know why. Well, I, I suppose, yeah, the difference, you know, I mean, he, he grew up in Sydney as a really young kid, but he's pretty much spent his entire life in Spain. So a bit like Alexi Popperin, that they're only here for a little window. I mean, their residence is abroad. Uh, so, yes, they represent Australia and, you know, their development has been in Australia in those infancy years. But, yeah, they're pretty much uh, just global <laughs> global stars are you know, here, there and everywhere. They're not, they're not affiliated, I suppose. And look, you, could, you, could, you could put all the Australian players. Yeah, Tom Lanovich would go into that uh, category a bit. Yeah, but, but but when we think about that, and even our homegrown Aussie players, they're spending nine, ten months uh, abroad. Yeah. I mean, they're not here like the AFL players doing, you know, clinics at local schools and and uh, and the like. So yeah, you you know, there's something that you wouldn't even recognise, uh, you know, going past them in the street. Mm. 
Interesting. Interesting. We might uh, continue that conversation through the, we will. the course of the week. Um, I'll leave it there, Brad. I know you're very busy. We appreciate your time. There's plenty going on. But as uh, as we said tonight, it's about Tanasi Kokonakis uh, in Adelaide. So hopefully he can get on a bit of a roll this week. So we've got something positive to talk about ahead of next week. Indeed. Thank you, gents.